Welcome to the Autumn 2023 series of the Project Edward podcast. My name's James Luckhurst, and every week for the next couple of months, I'm going to be hearing from all sorts of people relating to their role in the safe system. Today, we're starting in the middle of the countryside at Hearts Hill Hayes Country Park in Warwickshire. In a moment, I'm going to be heading to the new memorial to road traffic victims, which was unveiled by Sharon Huddleston earlier in the summer. But before meeting Sharon, let's familiarise ourselves with a few people whose efforts and energy have ensured that this memorial could come into existence. It's a wet day, but hopefully no one will be put off by the rain. So I'm Philip Seckham. I'm the Police and Crime Commissioner for Warwickshire and I chair the Warwickshire Road Safety Partnership. I'm Sharon Hilton and I work for the Warwickshire Road Safety Partnership under Faye. Faye Cannon, Warwickshire Road Safety Partnership Coordinator. Chris Lewis, uh, Policy Lead on Road Safety Roads Policing for Mr Philip Seckham. Let's start then. We are here at this uh, country park and it's pouring with rain, but that won't deter our spirits. We're going to go over shortly to take a look at the memorial that was unveiled recently. Let's get the, the story to the memorial then, Commissioner, if you can start to explain you know, why did you think it was a good idea and what was the process of commissioning it? In my role in, in, in road safety, along with all the others gathered here today, we felt that there was a gap in victims of collisions and the effect that that had on families and loved ones. We felt that it was it was the right thing to do, as well as having the IRVA, which is the Independent Road Victims Advisor. Uh, we thought a permanent memorial would be somewhere just for families and loved ones together who have suffered a loss. And uh, this isn't about blame. This is just somewhere to to think think it through, to get a bit of solace, a bit of quiet. It's a lovely location with superb views, and this. This is, goes along with all the other things we're trying to do, which is expand the roads policing, for example. Uh, we talked, and the County Council are a big part of the road partnership, road safety partnership, and we're looking at engineering works there, uh, and our office has been doing quite a lot of education. So there's lots going on, and we feel, I think this is the first memorial of its type in the country, uh, and it's gone down very well locally. There are no names on it. Is that uh, a specific decision by somebody? I don't think so. Um, I think it's just somewhere to go. I don't think it's necessarily a um, somewhere like a war memorial. I don't think it's that sort of thing. Somewhere to be quiet and peaceful. I don't think there'll be lots of ceremonies there over the years, but that's something we could think about. Let's move and talk to Sharon Hilton. Um, Sharon, what sort of reactions have you heard from people who've come to visit the memorial and who were perhaps at the unveiling and who were able to spend some quiet time there? I think the sheer scale of the memorial, um, the beauty of it, uh, surprised people. We tried to keep it fairly under wraps, exactly what it was, um, until we got right up to the unveiling event. So I think it exceeded all expectations on the day. The actual location is fantastic. Unfortunately, we haven't got a very <coughs> a very good day today, but on a clear day, where it is, it's at the highest point of Hartsill Hayes Park, and you can see across all four counties of, uh, from Staffordshire, Leicestershire, Derbyshire and Warwickshire, and it truly is stunning. It's extremely quiet and peaceful up there, uninterrupted views, and just somewhere that you can get some solace and uh, remember those that you've lost or, or those that have been seriously injured. So the design is based on the Tree of Life, um, which we thought was extremely poignant to, to what we were trying to achieve. Uh, and on the actual memorial there are leaves, so each leaves represent a life that was either injured or lost, rather than names. We thought that was more appropriate on this occasion. Let's move over to talk to Faye Cannon then. What sort of impact do you reckon that the memorial will, has the potential to have? 
So as well as support for victims and families and a peaceful location, it shows Warwickshire's commitment to road safety um, and our commitment to our target of 50% reduction by 2030. It sets as a reminder to all that are responsible to manage and look after the roads and road users of that commitment. Let's complete the first rotation and talk to, to Chris Lewis. I think it was your idea at the very beginning. Is that right? And, and how pleased are you that it's now in place? Well, I'm totally pleased. Uh, was it my idea? I'm, I'm, I'm a team player. I think I came back from a conference in London with an idea, which I immediately shared with my friends and colleagues here. Uh, and so we started working on it as a team. But um, yeah, I think I did have a seed of an idea when I came back from a road safety conference in London back in 2019. Yeah. Are there others of their type? There's, there's a few, um, three or four. I'm aware of one up in Merseyside. Um, there is the, um, the National Road Peace um, Memorial at the Arboretum um, in, in Staffordshire. But there is nothing actually like ours at all. And I was just thinking uh, about what Sharon was saying, about what sort of reaction do we get. If there was one word which stood out from the reaction, it was people saying, this is just stunning. And OK, today's not the best of days, but on, on the right day, it is a stunning looking memorial and there's nothing else like it in the country so far. I hope more will come, but at the moment that stands out on its own. Now I have a challenge for all of you to consider and to reflect on your role within the SAFE system. It's something that's central to this series of, of podcast interviews that will be going on over the coming weeks. So you're very welcome to take a few moments and have a think. Let's start with you, Commissioner, then. What's your role within the SAFE system? Well, the board, uh, SAFE Partnership Board, is really a strategic role. Um, underneath that, we have an operational board who will deal with the day-to-day -day detail. But it's, it is important that the strategy is pointing in the right direction, that it's taking in all the facets of the SAFE system, and that it is, it is focusing and centric on road safety in Warwickshire. And um, I, th I think we've made big strides over the last couple of years. Uh, we have an excellent chief executive in Faye. And it's beginning, I think, it's, it's beginning to get a message across to our residents. It's beginning to make everybody understand that the roads are a dangerous place. And the police have very much come on board along with the county council as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a partnership that is working well. Fire and Rescue are on it. Uh, and plainly they work with on road collisions with the, with, the, with West Midlands Ambulance as well. So I'm, I'm really pleased the way it's developed. Uh, I think it has got good buy-in from all those partners that we need to. And, you know, we are on our way, I hope, to reducing those casualty and fatality figures uh, as we go towards 2030. Sharon, your turn. What's your role? In the, as part of the partnership, our role is to get everybody on board. We can't achieve any of this on our own uh, as just a standalone. So we need to be cooperative working. So we need Wiltshire Police on board, Fire and Rescue, Ambulance, NHS. We work closely with National Highways. Uh, we're actively promoting Drive for Better Business. As the more organisations that we can get on board, the greater our chance to achieve the goals that we're trying to achieve. All right, let me put this challenge to you. Someone's just dried their hands. You probably heard that very loud noise in the background. If you were to confront that person and ask them if they knew about the safe system and you to explain it to them, what, what might you say? Because for it to work, it's got to go beyond partnerships and collaborations between you know, stakeholders and it's got to hit the public. It is. It's about everybody, every single road user taking responsibility and playing their part. We need them to be on board. And, and we do that by a series of social media posts, of holding events, going out to community events to explain what the partnership is, what it's about, what the safe system is and how we need them to play their part in that. 
Faye Cannon, do you feel that you are a key player within the SAFE system? Um, yeah, absolutely. As the coordinator of the partnership, I feel like we have taken on all elements of the SAFE system and found new initiatives and work that we can do and bring in other partners. And then looking upwards, I feel nationally, we are then sharing what we can do, what we've done in Warwickshire and sharing it with other local authorities and at a national level to show that we need safety performance indicators to monitor those targets and understand where else we can go from there. How are we going to get those those uh, performance monitors? We've been calling them for some while since they were abolished. What do we do? I think it's all coming together, looking at what data we've got nationally so we have a consistent approach um, and understanding how that relates to that target of reduction. Um, we work very closely with Agilisys, who've been doing some work over the last couple of years around understanding what local authorities and local road safety partnerships have that data and what we can use nationally to monitor. Chris Lewis, the police have the opportunity to reach those who, who choose to sit outside. What are the, the techniques that might work? And, and let's just reflect on the role of enforcement within the safe system. Enforcement has its place, uh, absolutely without doubt, because there are some people out there who don't want to listen to well-thought-out, well-crafted messages. So um, I support enforcement when it's appropriate, but we've got to concentrate more and push more in terms of education, getting into people's hearts and minds. Uh, that's the sort of thing that really fascinates me. And using persuasive arguments. I mean, this morning I just looked up some data in the UK over the last 10 years, about, about 600 people a year will tragically lose their lives as a result of homicide. I've just come back from a foreign holiday for, and I feel lucky to have had that. And I, I was on a jet which was carrying about 180 people, okay? We still lose about 1,800 people a year on our roads in the UK. So that's equivalent to 10 jet airliners coming down. And I just say, we can't tolerate that. So we've got to stay on message. We've, we've, we've got to share these facts with ordinary people who ordinarily don't know a great deal about this subject. And we've got to take it right to the top of the tree as well, to influence politicians, ministers. I mean, there's, there's a committee currently taking evidence down in Parliament right now where these facts are getting shared with them. So, you know, we've, we've just got to stay on message. Uh, we've, we've, we've got to try and persuade people and just say, look, 17, 1800 people a year dying? That's no, no longer. We can't do that. Well, it has been a grim morning so far, but the weather seems to have improved enough for us to head on across the field to take a look at the memorial. But as we walk there, it's an opportunity to introduce Sharon Huddleston, whose daughter, Caitlin, was tragically killed in Cumbria at the age of 18 in 2017. And Sharon was invited to unveil the memorial and I had a chance to speak to her earlier about the work she continues to do in the hope that no one else would lose their life in the way that Caitlin did. It was really special actually that, um, that Chris Lewis approached me after um, meeting him at a, a break conference. I was really honoured that he approached me and asked me if I would like to unveil the, the memorial for, uh, in remembrance of all road crash victims. That that really meant a lot to me. Yeah, I was honoured to be asked, actually. Let's talk about the work that you do, because I believe you, you campaign tirelessly to, to raise awareness of, of road safety. So what sort of things have been on your agenda recently? My daughter was killed in 2017 as a front seat passenger in a newly qualified driver's car. And Caitlin was only 18, as was her friend who was also killed. And the backseat passenger was injured, who was also 18. Um, and the crash happened on a rural road in Cumbria. 
And since then, um, since the inquest, actually, when we found out that um, it was inexperience that caused the collision, I asked the coroner if he would write a preventing future deaths report for graduated driving license or a phased licensing for young drivers. Because um, through break, I found out that other countries have this law that keep our younger generation safe on the roads. And it seems to be working in other countries. The main cause of death in 17 to 24 year olds is road traffic collisions. And with this graduated driving license in other countries, there's seen a decline in deaths in that age group. And so uh, the coroner backed me for calls for a graduated driving license in the UK. And especially that the element of GDL that I am passionate about is that newly qualified drivers should gain experience driving solo or with an older experienced driver first before they take their friends in the car as passengers, you know, even if it's just for up to six months after passing the test or maybe up to a year, just so that they get that on-road experience before they, they put their friends in the car as passengers. As I know now through all the research that I've read and, and um, academics that I speak to, that Caitlin could be alive today if we had that law. And so I'm very passionate about that, about keeping our younger generation safe on the roads. And I'm also trying to raise awareness and get the message out to parents about the dangers posed to young drivers and young passengers, you know, to, to tell parents, you know, think twice before you let your child get in a car with a newly qualified driver or if your child has just passed, you know, maybe say to them, don't carry passengers yet. And I'm really thankful to Edmund King from the AA that, he helped me produce the Caitlin's Message information pages that are in the first car magazines that are handed out to newly qualified drivers through driving instructors. I guess you meet politicians, you tell them your story, they sound concerned, they listen, and then nothing happens. It must feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall sometimes. Yes, it does feel like that, actually, because actually I found out that for decades before Caitlin was killed in, in, in these circumstances, that many other families and MPs have all been calling for, you know, road safety charities, they've all been calling for this law to be implemented in the UK. But unfortunately, um, we don't seem to be getting one politician that's actually standing up and saying, come on, we've got to get this implemented as soon as possible. Now, Andrea Ledson backs it. She held a Westminster Hall debate in January, which was absolutely brilliant of her. At the moment, no, we don't seem to be having that one MP or politician saying, yes, let's get this done. And that is very frustrating because it is like a bit of, I've, I kind of explain it as like a game of snakes and ladders. You, you, you think you're getting up the board and then all of a sudden you're back down again kind of thing. You keep getting these promises and we thought things were moving, put it that way. And and now things seem to have come to a standstill again, which is, uh, it's heartbreaking because I keep reading online and being approached by parents that have lost children in the same circumstances that Caitlin was killed in. Do you have the energy and the inspiration to continue with, with, with what you're trying to do, though? I do, because this, I feel, is my way of doing something still for Caitlin. I now need to be a voice for Caitlin, and I know she would want me to do this. She wouldn't want anybody to lose their life like she did. You know, she was only 18 years old. The girls weren't doing anything wrong in the crash. It was simply down to inexperience. Entering a bend a little too fast on a wet road, on a country road, which is where most young, young deaths occur, is on rural roads. So, yes, Caitlin would be totally behind me and saying, come on, ma'am, get that message out to everybody. And, and that is my focus now. That is where I focus my grief for Caitlin, 
is doing this and I need to do this to keep my mind busy as well. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, I feel it keeps me close to Caitlin. That was Sharon Huddleston talking about the work she does to preserve the memory of her daughter, Caitlin, who died in a car collision in 2017. And that brings to an end this first edition of the Autumn 2023 podcast from Project Edward. My thanks to Police and Crime Commissioner for Warwickshire, Philip Seckham, to Sharon Hilton, Faye Cannon, Chris Lewis, and of course to Sharon Huddleston for their inputs. Well, that was just the first episode. There are eight episodes in this series. We'd love you to share and tell your friends and, uh, and spread the word. We'll be back in seven days' time with our next episode, so we'll look forward to talking to you then. Meanwhile, thanks very much for listening. My Role in the Safe System. The 2023 Project Edward podcast was introduced by James Luckhurst and produced by Peter Baker.